going to go too well. It's going to end very, very badly. I had a, uh, a really good friend of mine. He would uh, have these crazy ideas sometimes, and it would seem like every time that he would have one of these types of ideas, it would always be followed by <laughs> like that, right? And, and like when that happened, like I just knew like this was not going to go well at all. It's probably going to end very badly for somebody, right? For somebody. Uh, when I was younger, probably like, I don't know, 11, 12, 13 years old, somewhere around there, uh, have, uh, I still have actually, I have this cousin and uh, his name is Danny, but for some reason he just wanted everybody to call him Fred. And um, I don't know. And so, uh, so we called him Fred and, uh, or, you know, Danny sometimes, but most of the time just Fred. And I think Fred was like his alter ego. I don't know. You'll, you'll understand why here in just a minute. So anyway, uh, we had this great idea one day. You know, a bunch of us neighborhood kids, friends and stuff, we had this great idea one day. We were like, hey, you know what? Uh, Fred's kind of crazy. And so uh, wouldn't it be fun if we got Fred to go down this really steep hill on a bicycle and jump the bicycle ramp that we've been jumping, right? Like this sounds like a really, really good idea to us. And uh, it, it, you know, in... When you think about it, it's like, that's ah, not that bad of an idea. Like, I mean, we were doing it. It was okay. But we were doing it with bicycles that had seats and brakes. We gave Fred a bicycle that didn't have seat or uh, brakes, right? And so, uh, and then we ramped it up a notch. We were like, hey, we're going to make this idea a little bit sweeter. We're going to put the ramp in front of the street. Like, we're going to have him go down the hill, and uh, there was this ditch that separated. Y'all don't, I lived out in the country. I don't know if y'all know anything about a ditch or not, but there was this ditch. It was like this, this uh, ravine-type deal that separated, you know, our land and the, and the street, right? And so it went down the hill. We set up the ramp, like, right in front of, uh, of this ditch right before you get to the street, and we're like, hey, it'd be a great idea if we could get him to hit this bicycle ramp and jump over the street, right? Uh, you know, so we were like, this is awesome. No brakes, no seat, perfect, right? I only wish that we would have had Periscope back then because we would have totally Periscoped this and it would have went uh, great. And so we get, uh, we get Fred, Danny, we get him up on the bicycle, you know, and he goes down and, and hits, you know, this ramp and jumps, you know, and we didn't look for cars. Like we weren't looking, you know, see if there were any cars coming. We were dumb kids. And so like, you know, so he hits the ramp, jumps the street, right? Lands awkwardly, you know, on, on the, on the bicycle, no brakes. And we just hear him going, there's no brakes, you know, and he just keeps going right? And uh, it, didn't, it didn't go too well. So it was, a, it was a good idea in our minds, but it was, really, uh, it was a really bad idea. Now, here, here's what I've learned about these things, is that all of these ideas, whether they're like this, you know, or they're something completely different, a lot of these ideas that, that go badly like this, they all involve a certain level of trust, don't they? Like they, they involve a certain level of trust. Like, like you, somebody has to trust somebody else. Like if I came to you and said, hey, here's a really good idea. Let's try this out, you know, hold my cup while we do this, right? Like let's, let's, let's try this out. There is a certain level of trust that takes place there. You're, you're tr- putting your trust into somebody else. Or maybe it's just all on you, right? And so the, the, the trust that you have is just in your Self And so all of the trust ends up being in yourself. And so let's just be honest. We've all put our trust into some shaky things in our life, have we not? Can we all admit that? We've all done that. We've put our, put our trust into some shaky things in our lives. Now, I think one of the areas, and I don't think, I know, one of the areas that, that we have probably the hardest time trusting 
is trusting God. It's trusting God. Now, some of you, you, you might be sitting there, and you're like, well, I trust God. And, and that may be true. I'm glad that you do. But I guarantee you there have been times in your life where you had a hard time trusting God. And if you haven't had those times yet, you will have them. There will be times when the ground that you're standing on becomes shaky, and you have a hard time trusting God if that's not you right now. And so when it comes to trust, we, we've probably, it's probably been a little easier for us to maybe sometimes to trust certain people or to trust certain things or to put our trust into some really dumb ideas, right? But I bet every one of us this morning in this room has had a hard time at some point in our lives trusting God. Some of us, you're having a hard time trusting God right now in this very moment. And and for some of us, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like we'll trust God in certain places, but not others. Like we'll trust God here, but we won't trust God there. We'll trust God with this, but we won't trust God with that. And so there'll be certain places in our lives because what, what we tend to do is we tend to, uh, whether we mean to or not, we tend to compartmentalize our relationship with God a lot of times. We've got this part, and this part, and this part, and then this part, but he can't, he can't touch this part, he can't have this part, this is my part, and so I'm going to do what I want to do here, and then he can have part of this part, right? And so we compartmentalize our relationship with God a lot of times, and so in certain areas we'll say, well, I'm going to trust him with this one, and this one, and this one, but I'm not going to trust him with this one. And, and I don't know what those areas may be for you. I do know this. I do know that, that there are times that we have a hard time trusting, uh, trusting God in our relationships. Sometimes we have a hard time trusting God with our marriage. Sometimes we have a hard time trusting God with, uh, with our children. I know that probably every single one of us have had a hard time trusting God with our money, right? We've all had a hard time trusting God with our money. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. So there are times, there are, there are parts where we go, you know what? I just have a hard time being able to trust God in certain areas. Today, in part two, we're in this series called I Just Can't. And today, in, in the second part of the series today, we want to talk about how uh, sometimes we just can't trust God with everything. That it's hard for us to trust God with everything. And so if you have a Bible, I want you to open it up to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 uh, in the uh, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, if you get to Acts, or, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, yeah, you get to Acts, you've gone too far. So anyway, um, John chapter 14, this is a, this is probably, there's some really familiar parts of this. If you've been in church for uh, any length of time, you've been a, a follower of Christ and you've read a little bit of the Bible, you've probably heard parts of John chapter 14, but I want to actually pinpoint and point out one really, really important part of this chapter that's really important, I think, because um, uh, I'm believing and hoping and praying that, that this will set some of you free today, that, that some of you will be able to take your very next step today in being able to trust God with everything. Now, here's the crazy thing. Here, here's what I'm not asking you to do today. And, and maybe this might sa sound a little weird to you, but uh, just follow me for a second. I'm not asking you to go in head first today. I'm not asking you to go in head first today. Because I know that some of you are so far away from being able to trust God with absolutely everything that it would be insane to go head first today. So here's what I am asking you to do. Is I'm asking you to take one step to take one step. You take one step today, you take another step tomorrow, you take another step on Tuesday, you take it, um, and just one step. Let's start with 
one step today. So check this out. John chapter 14. Jesus uh, is, is really in the last several uh, hours of his life, the last several days of his life. He has uh, come back into Jerusalem. They have uh, The triumphant entry, uh, as we know it, has happened. So he has come back into Jerusalem. He is uh, literally uh, just a short time away from being crucified on the cross. And so leading up to this time, John takes very special care to, to write out some really important details. In fact, he he spends more time in this last week of Jesus' life than any of the other New Testament writers on, on this last week of Jesus' life. And so he writes out a whole lot of details here. And so we see some really crucial and important conversations that Jesus is having with those around him, especially his disciples, those that had been walking with him, who knew him best. They'd been with him for three years, literally every single day of their lives, they've been with Jesus, they've been walking with him, they've been learning from him, they've been hearing him teach and speak, they've heard him uh, uh, just speak very frankly and, and blunt to them in many cases, and now they're together for their last few moments together, and Jesus is having a really difficult conversation with them. In fact, right before this, uh, Jesus has, has just washed their feet. And then right after that, he, he looks around and, and he says, one of you in this room is going to betray me. So can you imagine that for a moment? Closest friend is, is there and, and Jesus looks around the room and you're all hanging out and Jesus looks around and he says, there is one of you in this room who will betray me and send me off to be murdered. And then after that, he looks and, and, and having this, this conversation, and, and he looks at Peter, and he tells Peter, he says, he says, Peter, where I am going, you're not going to be able to follow me. And so now, they've been with each other for three years. They've been walking with each other. They've been following him for three years. So, so literally, they have already, they have gone everywhere that Jesus had went already. And then he looks at them, and he says, I'm about to go somewhere, and you are not going to be able to follow me. Can, so can you imagine that? And then he looks at Peter. He looks over at Peter. <laughs> or Peter actually looks at him, and Peter says to him at the end of John chapter 13, he says, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And I love what Jesus says back to him. Jesus looks back at him, and he says, will you? Will you lay down your life for me? Peter, really, will you? And then he says this, which troubled everyone in the room. Not only has he just told, told them all that somebody in the room is going to betray him, he looks at Peter and he says, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will act like you haven't known me. So you can imagine, it's just like right now, it's like the room just goes silent, right? Like everybody's like, what? Like, okay, so, so think about what Jesus just told them. In a matter of a few moments, Jesus said, Somebody's going to betray me. I am leaving, and you will not be able to go with me. You will not be able to follow me. And oh, by the way, Peter, you're going to deny even knowing me. And then John 14, verse 1, he says this. Knowing that their whole world had been flipped upside down, he says this. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God believe also in me. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus had just given them some really, really tough news. And so it's almost as if he knew 
what they were experiencing. He knew that the ground that they were walking on at this moment was shaky at best. He knew that their world had been flipped upside down. Anybody feel that this morning? Where your world just kind of, you got some news maybe this week or last week or in the last couple of weeks and, and your world's just kind of been flipped upside down a little bit? You feel like things are maybe a little shaky. Maybe you put your trust into something and now you're not so sure. Maybe you even put your trust into God and now you're going, I don't know if he's for me because if he was for me, then maybe it wouldn't be like this. That's exactly where they're at right now. And, and Jesus knew that they were troubled. And so he looks at them, and it's almost as if he just kind of pulls everybody close, all 12 of them in the room. And he looks at them, and he says, come here, come here, come here, come here. I want to tell you something. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't worry. And then he says this. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. The translations that, that most of us have will use the word believe, but the word believe is not a, really the best translation here. That word believe is actually uh, in the original translation, the, in the Greek that it was originally written in, the, the word is actually a word called pisteo. And I can't spell it, but it's on, it should be on the screen back here behind me. Uh, but uh, it's called, it, it's pisteo. And, and what that word means, it doesn't mean believe, it actually means to trust. To trust. And so think about this for a second. Every time you hear or see, when you read, and Jesus says believe, he is using the word pisteo, he is using the word trust. And so put that word into what we're reading here. He says this, he says, trust in God, trust also in me. Now, a couple of things. When you just can't trust God with everything. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. When you just can't trust, trust a little more. That's the first one. Trust a little more. Now, follow me for a second. You're like, but I can't trust. <laughs> Jesus knows you can't trust. He knew that the disciples in this moment, that they were going to have a hard time trusting and that's why he said, hey, don't worry. Don't let your hearts be troubled by this. Don't get your whole world flipped upside down by this. I just need you to do this. I just need you to trust in me. I just need you to trust in me. You see, I think that there are many of us where that's us right now. That's us today, whether it be in a particular circumstance in your life? Like, think, think about this for a second. Where, where are you having a hard time trusting God right now? You just think about that for yourself. Where are you having a hard time trusting God right now? Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's uh, in a career decision. Maybe it's in a particular circumstance in your life. Maybe it is with your money. Where are you having a hard time trusting God now, l let me say this here, too, because I know what some of you are thinking. And we talked about this in the first service. It was really kind of funny. But uh, every time that a pastor stands up on the stage and he says something about money, the room changes. The room changes. Because everybody in the room goes like this. You, you're kind of laid back. And you're kind of relaxed. And I can see it on some of your faces right now. You, you, the pastor says money, and all of a sudden you go, mm, like you get tight, right? Arms get folded up. Face kind of gets red. And you go, I knew it. Every time I come to church, man, they just want to talk about money. Church, they just want my money. They just want my money. Let me, let me say, we don't want your money. We don't want it. We don't want it. If we wanted it, we'd flip you upside down, shake the pennies and the dollars out of you. But we don't want it, all right? In fact, we've, we've, never, we've never said from this stage, hey, we want your money. But I do, I, do, I do think that this is kind of funny. You know who does want your money? 
Walmart, Kroger, right? Some of y'all can go to Kroger after the service. They want you walk in. You, they they want your money, right? Target, they want your money. Amazon wants your money, right? They want your money. But you know what? We never walk into Target, Walmart, Kroger. We never walk into those places and go, "I can't believe I'm here." They just want my money. Right? We never do that, but we'll do that with church, won't we? <laughs> Every time I come, they just want my money. We don't want your money. But, so, but, but isn't it true, though? Sometimes we have a hard time trusting God with our money, with our finances. And so I, where, where are you having a hard time trusting God? Like, where is it in your life that, that, that you're just, the ground is shaky? Here, here's what I know to be true about all of us is that until we trust him fully with our whole lives the struggle will just get harder until we trust him fully with our whole lives the struggle will just get harder now notice what i didn't say that if we will trust him with our whole lives everything will get easier it's not what happens it's not what the gospel tells us everything will not necessarily get easier as we'll see here in just a few moments it will get more clear. You see, because Jesus, Jesus doesn't want something from us. Do you know that? Uh, Jesus doesn't want something from us. It's actually much worse than that. He wants everything from us. He wants everything from us. He wants our full trust, not just the compartmentalized trust that we so often like to give him. Trust him here, I'll trust him there, but not here. Our trust level, I read this the other day, I thought it was just brilliant. The writer wrote, he said, our trust level will be proportional to our understanding of who God is. Like our trust level will be proportional to our understanding of, of who God is. And so think about this for a minute. If we believe that, that God is weak, if, or if, if God is, is not necessarily that important to us, if, if God is somewhere uh, down the list of our priorities, if we believe that he is uh, not able then our level of trust with him is going to be really, really low. But if we believe that he is able, if we believe that he is strong, that he is powerful, that he is the creator of the universe, then our trust of him will be much higher. And so Jesus says here, John 14, 1, he says, he says, hey, don't be troubled by this. Pisteo me. Trust in me. Pisteo me. Check this out. Number two, when you just can't trust, this is going to sound, sound kind of crazy, but think, think about this. When you just can't trust, do something different. Do something different. When you just can't trust, do something different. Do you know what the definition of insanity is? You guys know what that is, right? It's doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results, Right? And some of us, some of us are, that's, that's what we call life, right? Like we call that life, or, or maybe we have that experience in life where it's like, man, I just, like the same things just keep happening to me over and over and over again. And then we look back and we, and we trace the path back and we go, well, I just keep doing the same thing though. This is like you keep getting in the same place. And that's, that is essentially just insanity. And so the alternative like, if we're not going to trust God, 
If you're going to say, I don't know that I can trust God here. If we're not trusting God, then the alternative to trusting God would be that we're trusting in either someone else or we're trusting in ourselves. Now, if I said it a million times, I know I've said it at least a million times, that when it comes to trusting ourselves, that is the worst idea we could ever have because no one has lied to you more than you. No one has lied. Think about it for a second. No one has lied to you more than you have lied to you. No one has lied to me more than I have lied to me because our hearts are sick. That's what Scripture tells us, that our hearts are, are sick. They're uh, hard to understand. Anybody feel that? And so if we're not trusting in God, then that means that we're either trusting in others or we're trusting in our Selves. Now, here's, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that, that people in general are not trustworthy. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, uh, a lot of people are trustworthy. Some aren't, but a lot of people are. And so think about this for a moment. you're not trusting Jesus, if you're not trusting God, then who are you trusting? What kind of ground is it that you are on? Charles Spurgeon, he wrote this, he said, he said, we must not trust our heart at any time. Even when it speaks most fair, we must call it liar. And when it pretends to the most good, still we must remember its nature, for it is evil. Now, I've been following Jesus for 25 plus years. And he has never let me down. If I can be honest with you, let me, let me just be honest with you for a moment. He has never let me down, but I've been disappointed I've been confused, and there are times that I've even been angry. But not one time has he ever let me down. Not one time has he ever let me down. Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs uh, chapter 3, very familiar. Some of you probably heard this before, but it's just, it's too good not to mention actually really gives us the blueprint on how to trust. How do we trust God? If, if, if we're having a hard time trusting, how do we do something different? What is it that we need to do different? And listen, listen to what the writer of Proverbs 3, chapter, five, I mean, uh, chapter 3, verse 5 says. He says, trust in the Lord with, with what? You, you, you said that like you weren't really sure. You're like, trust in the Lord with, uh, uh uh-oh, all. What's the word? All, All, right. You guys, the first service, they were a bunch of sinners. They didn't get it right. Y'all just did. So, so good. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not part of your heart. Not compartmentalized pieces. But all of your heart. And he goes on, he says, and do not lean on your own understanding. That right there alone is worth the price of admission. And I didn't even charge you for it. That's free. It was in here, right? And so he says, don't, lean, don't try to figure this out. Like, don't trust yourself. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. 
Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Now, we'll talk about that here in a second. In other words, the writer here is saying, in all of your ways, make him the priority. And he will make straight your paths. Now, isn't that, like, isn't that good news? Like when it comes to trust, uh, the writer of Proverbs here, he says, he says hey, you want to you wanna see what happens when you trust God with all of your heart? Here's what happens. He makes straight your path. He doesn't make it easy. He doesn't make it completely clear. But what he does do is he gives you a path that is straight. Let's be honest. None of us woke up this morning and go, hey, you know what? I want a crooked path today. That sounds awesome. I think I really want to do that. Like, no, nobody does that, right? We all want a straight path. We all want a clear way. We all want uh, that vision to be able to see what God is laying out for us. And he, he says this. He says, if you want that, then trust the Lord with all of your hearts. And lean not on your own understanding and prioritize him. You see, trust really begins when we make God a priority in our life and not just a passing thought. Um, the end of the year is coming up, and I, I love the end of the year list. Anybody getting into like the whole year end list type stuff? Like I love those things, right? Like so, like the year end top ten apps, you know, top ten whatever. I I love like I will binge watch VH1 at the end of the year, right? Because they do the top one hundred of the year, you know, those types of things. Like I I love those things. Those those things are are amazing to me. I love I love those things, and so. Um, Last year, I, I thought it would be a little fun, so I, I looked up the top 10 songs from uh, last year, right? And so, it, I'm not going to give you all 10, but I'll give you the top five songs from 2014. Number one was, by far, uh, the absolute worst song I've ever heard in my entire life, Happy by Pharrell Williams, okay? My son loves that song. My kids love that song, right? Yeah, there you go. So, like... Uh, like, I, I, th- I think because I've heard it 10 million and two times, right? It's just one of those songs that are just like, can we please not anymore? Like, let's just not, all right? And so but that was number one. Number two was uh, Dark Horse by Katy Perry. Number three is, or was, All of Me by John Legend. Uh, number four was another song that I absolutely just don't like. Don't judge me. Uh, Iggy Azalea, uh, Fancy, all right? Um, all right, and then uh, the last, uh, number five, was Counting Stars from One Republic. Now, do you know who on this list was not happy when this list came out? Everybody but Pharrell Williams. Like, everybody, like nobody got this list. Nobody got the, the Billboard Top 100 and saw that they were number two and went, Oh, look, this is awesome, I'm number two. Like, nobody did that. One Republic did not get around and go, hey, let's throw a party because we were number five. Nobody did. Nobody wants to be in second place. One of the greatest, recent, most current theologians to ever live, I think, said it best. He said, if you ain't first, you're last. Ricky Bobby. That's what he said, right? <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. Right. Now, Jesus flips that whole thing upside down. We'll talk about that. That's another sermon for another time. But, but when it co- listen, when it comes to prioritizing our relationship with God, Jesus did not die on the cross so that he could be in our top five. 
He didn't die on the cross so that he could be in our top five, so that he could be number two, so that he could be number three, so that sometimes he could be number four and then every now and then be number one. That's not why he gave his life. He, listen, Jesus made you and I priority by giving up his life. You can't get any higher on a, on, in, in priority when you give up a life. And so he says to us, trust. Trust me with everything, with every part of your life, with all pieces of it, every circumstance, every situation, everywhere that feels shaky. Take one more step and trust me. Just take one more step. I um, had an opportunity as a, a student pastor to uh, be able to, to do this, um, to be able to teach and facilitate uh, high rope element courses and, and low rope element courses. And, and um, my wife, Daenerys, she, she's done that before too and uh, is much better at it than I am. But um, one of the cool things about it was, uh, you know what these things are, you know what I'm talking about, like zip lines and thing, you climb up trees, you know, you put a harness on, strap, you know, cables and that kind of thing. You walk across these tight ropes, really cool. So there's the high part and then there's the low part. The low part are, are things that are on the ground, basically. And uh, one of the elements that, that we did on the ground was a, a thing called a trust fall. And I don't know if you've ever seen these before, if you've ever done one of these before, but it's really kind of crazy. Uh, trust fall. So you have this platform that's uh, typically anywhere from six to seven, maybe even eight feet off the ground. I've seen them at eight feet. Eight feet's really scary, but about six to eight feet off the ground. And so you climb up on, onto this uh, platform, and uh, the idea is, is that a person, one person gets up on the platform, and then the rest of, of your people are, are down below, and, and they're going to catch you when you fall off of this thing backwards. Kevin, can you, uh, can you come up here? for just a second. I'm not going to let you catch me because I don't trust you, but uh, <laughs> come, 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 come up here on the stage. Uh, so the people below, so the person on the platform would, would stand up here and they would kind of back up and get to the, to the edge a little bit and they would take their arms, you know, like this and kind of fold them because you don't want your elbows to go out and like, you know, knock a few teeth out, which would be really bad. And, and so like you would do this and then you would fall backwards and the people below, uh, Kevin, you stand right here just yeah, like, like this, kind of like a... Like, Straight out. Let's not drop. Okay, there we go. A little lower. A little lower. Okay, there you go. Anyway, so like it'd be kind of like a zipper, right? And so you kind of, kind of stand like, am I doing it right? Is that right? Okay. All right. And so, uh, so we're all looking at De Niro, like, we doing it right? And so like you, you do this, and and then the person would fall back. Kevin, okay, you can sit. Thanks, sir. Give Kevin a hand. That was, uh, he did such a good job. All right. But like you, you would stand on, on on the edge. The person would stand on the edge, and there would be some commands that they would say out or whatever. But the idea was is that that they would have to trust the people below to catch you now here's the crazy thing is i saw some people they would get up there and like i mean literally like knees just shaking right and they would get up there and they would kind of back up a little bit and then you'd have some people like back up a little more and you you have another person up on the platform you kind of help them a little bit back up a little more and they'd be like no i'm good right here Right, it'd be like, like, like no, it's not going to work out too well for you. Like, you need to back up a little bit more. No, I'm good right here. Right, and so then you'd have some other people that would that would kind of get back, and like when they would fall back, like what they would do is is that they would tell you, like you would tell them not to to do, you know, like to look straight forward and just fall straight back. But then when they would fall, they would do this, right? So they like turn the whole body sideways because they wanted to make sure that when they were falling, that somebody was there to catch them, right? And you had other people that would try to do this thing. They'd be like falling. 
you know, <laughs> they'd like try to, try to step back like that. Then you just have some people who just could not do it at all. Like, I mean, just, you know, there's done, there's out. Then you'd have a few, which was typically the, the minority a lot of times, who would just absolutely arms in and they would just fall back. Because they trusted the people below them would catch them. You see, and that's what, that's what Jesus asked of us. Trust. Fall into my arms. So do not let your hearts be troubled. I know that you're worried. I know that you're on shaky ground. I know that your world's been flipped upside down. But pisteo in God and pisteo in me. Trust in me. So where, where are you having a hard time trusting God? As we close today, I just want you, again, like I said in the beginning, I want you to take a step of trust today. Where do you need to go one more step? Where do you need to, to go one more step in your trust of God? What is, what is your one more step? Is it trusting God with a, a shaky relationship, a shaky marriage, a shaky career situation, a shaky circumstance? Is it trusting God with, with your finances, with your money? Not just, not just a part of it, but with all of it. Where do you need to take one more step? What is that step? Do something different. Today, do something different today. Stop leaning on your own understanding and lean instead on God. And then think about this. What would God do in your life if you were able to trust him with everything? With everything. See, because I know I can see it on some of your faces right now. I know some of you are thinking, like, you're thinking about that thing, and you're like, I don't know if I can trust him with this. Like, that's scary. He knows. That's why he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Take one more step. What would your... What would God do in your life if you were able to trust him with everything? I'll close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. Paul, he writes this, and, and he's writing this out of uh, just a particularly hard circumstance in his own life. And, and he says this. He, he says, but he said to me, this is what he said. He said, God said this to me. He said, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul says, you know what? Just admit the fact that you're having a hard time trusting. It's okay to be weak. Because in your weakness, God has made all the stronger. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for our time together this morning. God, we thank you that God, you open our hearts and speak plainly and boldly to us. God, we pray that as we 
uh, search our own hearts and, and minds, God, the things that maybe we have on our minds right now that, that God, where we're having a hard time trusting you, Lord. We pray that, God, that you just make us brave. God, that you give us courage to take that extra step, to go one more step in trusting you. God, maybe, maybe it is to, to abandon our own understanding and, and to lean on you completely, to trust you, to fall into your arms. God, give us the courage to do so, to take that extra step, to not stop where we're comfortable, God, but to move to a place where we have to trust you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.